The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Disney Decipher, podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, as the parks inch closer and closer to opening up, Leslie and I talk about our concerns about returning to Disney parks and some of our ideas for alleviating those concerns. We just get really honest about how we're feeling at this point in time as we begin to think and dream about our eventual return to the parks. Find all episodes of the podcast at DisneyDecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate a positive review. You can also connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered. And if you're looking to book a Disney vacation, feel free to contact Joe at josephchung at travelmation.net, and I'm happy to help you book your Disney vacation at no cost to you. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So Disney is slowly working its way towards reopening. There's no official news as of yet, but Shanghai Disneyland opened this week. Disney Springs is opening in two days as we're recording this. Universal City Walk has opened already. I know that's not Disney, but uh, it's nearby. And... Florida has said that theme parks can submit their reopening plans, and Disney, even a couple hours before we started recording, updated its website with a COVID-19 warning, saying, We have taken enhanced health and safety measures. You must follow all posted instructions, blah, blah, blah. You voluntarily assume all risks related to exposure to COVID-19. So we are inching towards opening. And so, Leslie, we are here today. We're going to talk about, you know, we just want to be honest about what are some things we're concerned about as we are thinking about returning to the Disney parks, probably realistically Disneyland for Leslie and Disney World for me. So we came up with kind of four things we're worried about, and we're going to also talk about what we will do to alleviate our concerns. And both Leslie and I, we're not sure when we'll go back, but we just wanted to share what our thinking is because we don't want to talk and speculate about what Disney's going to do until we have some official announcements, but we can talk about what we're going to do. So Leslie, why don't you kick us off? What is the first thing that we're concerned about in terms of returning to Disney parks? The first thing that I'm concerned about is just merely the act of flying to Disney. And I mean, I can drive to Disneyland. It's about a six-ish hour drive from where I live in Northern California. But I almost always fly because I live so close to the Oakland airport and can fly into John Wayne or Long Beach, something like that. So flying is is really scary for me. And then, of course, for me to go to Disney World, I mean, it's a cross-country flight. And with all of the capacity that's been cut in the flights these days, I'm guessing I'd probably have to change planes seems like quite an ordeal we've all seen those those pictures of the full flights without those empty middle seats <laughs> not that I think empty middle seats too much so yeah I mean that's really my biggest fear right now is the exposure inherent on being in a enclosed metal tube and what that means so how nervous are you about flying Joe my worry about that has ticked up over the last week or two as we've seen more people get onto planes. I think this week airports were the busiest they've been in like seven weeks. For a three-hour flight to Florida, depending on how crowded the plane is, 
yeah, I would definitely have uh, concerns. So for each of these concerns, we're going to talk about, you know, what we would do to alleviate that. For me, I think there's two things I would think about doing. Number one, if and when I'm ready to return to Florida, I would probably try to shoot for a day and a flight where I know it won't be too crowded and too busy. Now, normally that would mean like going on a Tuesday or flying like early in the morning or something like that. But of course, since everything's changed, I don't, I, I need to kind of pay attention to what the flight patterns are and how crowded things are. But that's kind of one of the things I would do to alleviate the concern about flying. What about you, Leslie? Yeah, I definitely would be trying to time my flights strategically. I mean, luckily being from the Bay Area, there are a lot of flights, even with the cutbacks down to Southern California. So I kind of see what the frequency is of flights. I might even try to, to get on a plane that you know, maybe there's another flight a couple of hours later. So if I find out the flight that I'm on is just way too crowded, you know, ask and see if I can opt for the later flight and just sort of wait it out. The thing I likely will do is I probably will road trip down to Southern California. And I've really only done that like, gosh, twice, <laughs> which is crazy as much as I could go to Disneyland. But I mean, I think the reality is, is I'm not going to be going to Disney World for quite a while until we know a lot more about planes because I don't know if you've seen that that study about SARS about you know how many fl rows in front that somebody who had SARS you know rows in front of him infected on a plane I mean it's quite a wide wide range uh, of several several rows in front of and a couple I think a row behind as well so planes just make me nervous the respiratory droplets go everywhere right yeah I think uh, I'm in a similar boat i was thinking a couple of weeks ago, we recorded our favorite Disney memories episode. And I talked about how I drove down with my parents when I was like a kid and we stayed at the Johnny Appleseed Inn, which I think we found, by the way, I think it was in Virginia. But anyway, we drove all the way down and part of me is like, well, if I'm going to go, let's, let's say on the off chance that I go this summer, well, maybe I drive down to New Jersey first, hang out with my parents and then like kind of go from there. Road tripping down to Florida, it's not that much further to go from Boston. So, you know, that is something I'm thinking about as well. But yeah, it's it's funny that we didn't have this on the list originally, but actually I might be more concerned about getting down there than I am about actually going to the parks themselves. Yeah, I think the more we're learning and, you know, I wasn't scared to fly, I would say a few weeks ago. I mean, you know, I wasn't thinking I would be this reticent about flying because you and I both love flying and fly all the time. And, you know, I've certainly caught my share of stuff from flying. So, I mean, I guess I should have known that some of these things would be more contagious on airplanes, but I don't know if it fully like that message fully hit home with me until, you know, some of these stories came out. All right. Well, well, at some point you and I, the frequent flyers will get back in the air, but um, maybe yeah, not on our I mean, first trip to Disney. Yes. <laughs> I mean, saying all that, the reality is I do miss flying. So it's just one of those things. We're going to have to figure it out as it goes along and, you know, won't commit to anything as of yet. But let's move on. So to talk about things we're concerned about actually going to the parks, I would say my first concern, so Disney has said that for Disney Springs, masks will be mandatory, which is something that I really appreciate. But I would say my second concern about returning to Disney is whether people are going to respect Disney's guidelines and rules for returning to the parks. We both live in towns that I think have been taking things pretty seriously. You know, when I'm outside, lots of people are wearing masks. And I understand that outside is probably one of the safest places you can be. I understand people who think wearing masks outside might be overkill. However, I also 
want to say that Disney is a private company. And so if they say that you have to wear a mask to visit Disney, like that's totally within their prerogative. I mean, it's just an extension of no shirt, no shoes, no service, right? Like it's a private company. They can tell you what to do. I'm concerned about what other people are going to do. Yes, you're going to be forced to wear a mask, but like how strict are people going to be about doing that? You know, that's kind of a concern that I have. What are your concerns about, I guess, other guests and, uh, you know, how's that giving you pause about returning to the Disney parks? Yeah, I mean, the variable of just other people and whether they're willing or able to take it as seriously as I want my family to take it seriously. And again, like, we don't know when the parks are going to open. We don't know what the numbers are going to look like. I mean, I presume the numbers will be better before the parks open, but this is going to be a moving target. So, yeah, I, I'm just really concerned about that variable of other people. And and I think, I hope we'll get some more information out of Shanghai. But, you know, folks in China are pretty compliant with, like, keeping their masks up and things like that. But but I do wonder how strictly cast members are going to be told to enforce. You know, if somebody comes in with their mask on, pulls it down. If somebody's toddler is licking the handrail because, you know, we've all seen the photos. That does happen. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, so what, you know, how strict are cast members going to be? How much are they're going to be people watching out for problems and how is Disney going to be addressing that? Yeah, that's really my concern is, you know, just how strictly other people are going to be doing Disney. And then, you know, also like how strict are they going to be in the week prior to their Disney vacation? I mean, you know, I still think I'm probably going to be pretty locked down before I take any travels. I mean, not completely, but I'm probably more conservative in terms of my exposures than the average person in America. And everybody's contacts become my contacts and your contacts if we're all in the same place. Right. I mean, the funny thing is, in terms of other people, I'm actually less concerned about myself getting sick. And I'm probably more concerned about feeling uncomfortable if, you know, I either see cast members calling people out or I can imagine a situation where a cast member says something to a guest and the guest gets rude with them and... I don't like seeing these kinds of confrontations. Like I already don't, you know, and then you already like kind of, you know, have the people who understandably so are like, I spent so much on this vacation. You know, why are you telling me this? No, those are the kinds of things that um, just make me uncomfortable. So (laughs) I don't know. It's kind of the way my brain works that when it's, when I'm thinking about how other people are going to be acting in the parks, I'm like more worried about having to witness those kinds of interactions than like actually getting sick. But let's let's talk about, you know, <laughs> what can we what can we do uh, or what will you do to kind of alleviate that concern? You know, you could only control other people so much. I would certainly be willing to narc on somebody if it was something really egregious. So let me just put that out there. I'm not afraid, apparently, Joe, to, <laughs> I guess, uh, be the spark that causes a confrontation. But it would have to yeah, be something. I, d- I didn't realize was I was bad. recording this podcast with a cop. But yeah, okay, I understand. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. I'm a rule follower, right? No, I mean, it would have to be something really bad that I thought really endangered other people or something like that. But I think one thing I might do is I might choose where I stay a little bit differently. Like, you know, I don't exactly know like what the ideal resort would be for minimizing sort of my interactions with other people. I don't think I would stay at, say, for example, Pop Century or one of the all stars where they're just kind of a lot of human beings and certain choke points. And I just don't think I'd stay at one of the bigger value resorts because I do think that might be like more problematic interactions or maybe just not enough cast member oversight if there are issues. But I don't exactly know exactly where I'd stay yet. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this when we were planning for the episode. And I was thinking that like when I was at Caribbean Beach Resort, it was pretty empty. I mean, it's just so expansive. And 
I mean, we've talked about it kind of, you know, it's a con for some people that the resort is like so huge and like so sprawling. But the benefit of that resort being so huge and so sprawling is that even if there's a lot of people there, they're all kind of spread out. So I think definitely some of those things would go into my thinking in terms of what to book. I also think it's important for us to recognize that, you know, not everyone has the same standards. And I definitely don't want to get in a situation where I'm like judging other people. Like I feel like as long as people are following the guidelines that Disney has set forth, I think, you know, that's all we can ask of people. Um, So, you know, I want to throw that out there as well. Like part of dealing with other people, part of being in a community is accepting everyone uh, for who they are. And, you know, I know both you and I agree that those kinds of things need to be done. As long as Disney has set out good guidelines, we should rightfully expect people to follow them. But if people are following them, that's good enough for me. Yeah, we certainly can't hope that everybody is going to hold themselves to a higher standard than what Disney (laughs) has set. That's just the reality of any kind of travel that, you know, is going to be done in the coming weeks and months. I mean, certainly Disney is setting... I think a higher standard than most destinations will be setting. So in that sense, I guess it should make me feel good. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about what they've done in Shanghai Disneyland in a later episode, especially as Disney hopefully releases what their expectations are going to be for the domestic parks. But they do seem to be having a higher standard and expect a higher standard of their guests. So, you know, that is comforting. Let's move on to our next concern, which is transportation. Just kind of thinking about being on crowded buses Um, yeah, I mean, that gives me a lot of concern and anxiety, you know, anywhere, like we talked about with flying anywhere where a bunch of people are constricted to a small area inside with not a lot of circulation, although they do blast that air conditioning pretty high in those buses is a concern. Any other transportation concerns that you have uh, in terms of returning to the Disney parks? Well, along with it, I mean, I just don't think that social distancing is is very possible on like some of the types of transportation, the buses, et cetera, but if they do attempt to do that, I'm worried about the wait times and just how inconvenient the trip becomes if the transportation is just not adequate for whatever standard that they're trying to to set in social distancing. Yeah, so it's like a twofold issue, right? Like either you're overly packed in the bus or you're waiting for an overly long amount of time. So that's a concern. In terms of how to address the concern, you know, I am pretty dead set on renting a car probably the next time I go to Disney World, you know, that just gives me more control, right? Like, if I want to go to the theme parks, like Disney's disclaimer states, like, I know that I'm putting myself at risk. But let's say I want to go to the theme park so badly to put myself at risk. However, renting a car, if I'm using that to get to and from the parks, obviously, I'm minimizing my risk there, I don't need to deal with buses and transportation. The other thing I was thinking is, I'm guessing that if they say run the Skyliner, they will, if they're running the Skyliner, they'll be wiping it down regularly. But I also think they're probably going to, you know, we talked about how I think we gave the tip that you can ask the cast member to give you the Skyliner car to yourself. Well, I'm thinking that whenever the Skyliner starts running again, it will be just like one party only for the foreseeable future. So I feel like that form of transportation is probably going to be okay. Maybe even with monorails, you know, they only let like one party in per section of the car per door or something. So, you know, those are my thoughts in terms of how to alleviate the transportation concerns. Do you got any, Leslie? Yeah, I think it's my understanding. I had a friend who was at Walt Disney World for the last couple of days before it was closed, and she reported that they were putting 
only a single party in each Skyliner cabin. So that would not surprise me if that were the the habit when we come back. So that would make me feel a lot better about staying in a Skyliner resort. I think I might consider staying, I mean, I'd certainly con- definitely consider staying at a resort that's walking distance to one of the parks. And maybe they'd move the contemporary higher up on my list just so I would have one park that I could go to without having to take any transportation, like group transportation. I'd probably be more likely to use a minivan because I would think those would be kept pretty meticulously clean by cast members, shell out the big bucks. But yeah, I mean, it does seem to me that a rental car would be the easiest way to to thread the transportation needle. Although question what parking lots are going to look like, you know, even at say 50% capacity, if everybody suddenly is bringing a car and nobody's on the buses or the Skyliner or the monorail. You know, it's funny because in terms of the concern about other people, I think Disneyland might be more of a concern just because it's such a square footage. It's just such a smaller area. Like people are definitely going to be more on top of each other. However, in terms of transportation, I think Disneyland is at an advantage because most people are going to be driving there on their own. You don't have to worry about buses and stuff like that. So, you know, it will be really interesting to see how the different parks handle it. Totally, totally. I mean, I know when I when I go to Disneyland, I will be able to walk to the park from whatever hotel I pick. So that's not going to be an issue. But yeah, the walkways are a lot tighter. I mean, there's certainly ways that they can alleviate that. Like they open the little pathways that are behind Main Street USA quite a bit when things get super crowded. But yeah, I mean, the, the capacity issue at Disneyland is a whole other ball of wax. You know, adding on top of that, the number of locals who can all come on a moment's notice who are annual pass holders, like bigger challenges dealing with that as well. So our last concern, Leslie, I think you can probably phrase this one more eloquently than me. So, you know, what is our final concern about returning to Disney parks here in the United States? Well, I'm concerned about taking my own children. (laughs) And I'm concerned because it's really hard for kids to do the kind of things that you and I would be able to do to minimize both the risk to ourselves as well as the risk to other people. I mean, like I said, kids are going to lick the, uh, you know, the bar at some, some point in time, like my kid has done that. And um, yes, yeah, so and to be clear, a- we think, yeah, that could be our kids. You know, <laughs> we're not saying we're not saying other people kids here. We're saying we're worried about our own kids and what they might do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the younger they are, the harder it becomes to, you know, make sure they aren't touching things and then touch their face or making sure they're washing their hands enough and you know kids are just germ factories that's why you know they all get sick in preschool and kindergarten and all of that so i would be concerned for their health for all of our health and just for like what they're sort of popping back and forth to other people when we're there what about you yeah i mean i i feel the same way i would be worried about i guess what my kids would do you know especially if i had more than one kid at a time like if we went as a family of five you know, the joke is always that with three kids, uh, you're playing zone defense or whatever. But you know, it's a little less of a joke when you need to worry about like, what are kids touching? You know, what are they doing with their hands? You know, are they washing thoroughly? Are they licking their fingers or whatever? So you know, there's like, it just kind of amplifies the concerns, um, almost to an exponential factor when the kids are involved. I thought about like, how I would alleviate these concerns. You know, my first thing is, and we've already been doing this at home is, you know, especially if Disney is going to be requiring masks, I think it's going to take practice for kids to be able to wear masks and wear them properly. But luckily, that's something we've been doing at home already, you know, when we go off for walks um, and things like that. And we've been trying to teach the kids not to 
touch their face while they're wearing the mask and also to keep the mask on. And luckily our kids have been good about it. I don't know about you. you know, what else would you do to alleviate your concern for your kids? Yeah, I think practicing the mask is really important. Practicing the hand washing, which we we do as soon as we come in, even if it's just for like a walk around the, the block where we haven't touched anything, we wash our, wash our hands right now. But I mean, honestly, I, I think if I do go to Disney pretty early on after it reopens, I'm going to leave my kids at home. And obviously this is not a choice for most people, but I don't think I'm going to take a six-year-old, especially to a Disney park, if there's a real concern about there still being a significant number of cases out in the general population. I would be less concerned about my 11-year-old because I think she's at the point now where she could handle everything and you know be as fastidious as I am for the most part about washing hands and touching her face. So maybe a mother-daughter trip is in order, but you know I just don't think I'd take my six-year-old. And I, I would say if I had a younger child, three, four, five, I'd be keeping them in the stroller a whole, whole lot. So I would not be judging the people who put their older kids in the strollers as much for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's funny how all these kinds of things play into each other, because if I'm going to fly down to Florida, like, then I got to think about if I'm taking my kids, like, what's that going to mean? What's that going to look like? And if I drive, what's that going to look like? Like, I could probably handle a 16 hour drive or whatever, or break it up over two days and go to Johnny Apple's seat in. But um, it was different times in the 80s when we did that, when we did that drive. I guess we have tablets now, um, so it's different. But kids have different attention spans, so I'd have to think about what that would be like. It's tough, and that's something that would have to be thought about. And, you know, I do think that is, like, all these concerns that we're listing – Again, I mean, it's it's kind of weird. We're a Disney planning podcast. We're here to help you plan your Disney vacation. It feels a little bit weird to talk about our concerns about going to Disney parks, but I don't think we would feel comfortable not talking about our concerns because I think it's a serious decision for people as they're planning their trips. And so we just wanted to be honest about our concerns. And like I said at the beginning, you know, I'm not sure what it's going to look like for us. We got to kind of play it by ear and see how it is. And I think that's why we're talking about the concerns now, just to, so we can figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had a lot of conversations, especially within the past week with fellow travel writers about like how to just handle this. Because, you know, part of our job in, in a way, I mean, is to sort of promote travel or at least, you know, get other people excited about travel. I mean, I don't feel like I'm a promoter of like the travel industry exactly, but, you know, I love to do it. So I want to share my excitement about that with other people. And I think, you know, with that role comes a responsibility about sharing the things that are negative or that we're concerned about or worried about. I mean, I, I don't think it's right for all of us. I mean, even as much as we love Disney to just be like, rah, 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 because heaven forbid somebody goes and gets sick. That's a terrible situation that I don't want to have on my conscience. But yeah, this is a really tough situation. And we can link to it in the show notes, Joe. I, I put some of my like concerns on my blog recently about tips for being a responsible and more considerate traveler in these times. The, if coronavirus isn't gone, people are still going to be traveling, but how can you do that more responsibly? And I think that's that's really important for everybody to consider. And, and if if you're not comfortable with the responsibility level of your fellow traveler, then you're not comfortable enough to go and you shouldn't go. You shouldn't feel like the FOMO because the FOMO is real. Yeah. So, you know, we would love to hear what your concerns are or, you know, what your lack of concerns are, because um, we really want to hear what people are thinking, what you're thinking about your Disney trips right now. I do think that 2020 if I get over these concerns, uh, if you get over these concerns, Leslie, and I, you know, if I had to put money on it, I believe that 
both of us will visit Disney World and Disneyland respectively before the end of 2020 for sure. Things could change, but but if I was a gambling man, you know, I would think like that would happen. I do think though because of all these concerns that we've talked about, the crowds are going to be low at Disney World and Disneyland for the foreseeable future just because all these Discussions that we're having are discussions that are happening in households across America right now, I think, in terms of concern level and things like that. Like, it's a great idea in the abstract when it's, like, far away. But once you start actually planning your trip, you know, maybe um, you start feeling differently. So, you know, we'd love to hear your honest thoughts. Uh, if you have feedback or advice to share with us, uh, we'd love to hear that. You can email us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or connect with us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Before we get to Disney do's and don'ts, it's just a quick reminder that we are running that virtual 5K race, the Quarantine Key 5K, raising money for Give Kids the World. You can check out our blog post on that, which I linked in the show notes. We'd love if you could either run with us or donate some money to Give Kids the World or both. As we said before, we are matching donations for that. So let's end with Disney do's or don'ts. What do you have for us, Leslie? All right. Well, my do for everybody right now is just to continue to do your homework. You know, watch the news that Disney's coming out with, the guidelines. And we'll be talking, of course, about what's happening in Shanghai and Disney Springs. So do your research and make sure, I mean, planning is all the more important now. You have additional logistical considerations that might be on the table when the parks do reopen. So get to planning and we'll be here to help. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. Like if you're listening to this podcast, you like to plan your Disney vacations and this is just, it's going to be a new layer of planning that we have to put into our Disney vacations. So that's a great tip, Leslie. All right, so thanks so much everyone for listening. We, like many of you, want to get back to planning our Disney vacations and thinking about what that's going to look like. And hopefully in the next few weeks or so, we will get some answers from Disney so that we can get back to doing that again. So thanks everyone for listening and spending the time with us. Other than that, Leslie, thank you for talking to me and I will see you not on the Disney buses. Thanks, Jeff.